What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Uh, this is Faraz Adiki. We are live on YouTube right now. Uh, you might be listening to it, uh, you know, in the car, while you're walking your dog, when you're on the treadmill, afterwards, wherever you are, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk week four waiver wire. Zach, take it away, dude. Talk about your Cowboys last night. That's your team. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about it? You know, no Dak Prescott. Two and O Giants, right? Oh in yeah, New those, York. Those in scary two and O Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't worried about him. I think Dallas matched up well with them. Um, uh, if I figured it would be a low scoring game, I thought it was really going to be bad when it was six six. Uh, was it like midway through third quarter, and you know nothing was happening? I thought it was really going to be like a baseball score, but things things got better towards the end, so that was cool. Uh, C D Lamb. Finally came through for fantasy owners. That was big. Uh, Saquon was, didn't do uh, bad himself. He was one of our buy lows last week, huh? Yeah, he was. Um, and you know, he could have done even better if he caught that ball that Cooper Rush just dropped right into the numbers. Like, I was so mad when that happened, you know, because like that was so easy. And it said it was like I saw like a next gen stat this morning on ESPN. They're like, oh, this is like one of the it's the first time this season that uh, mm-hmm. a receiver opened with six yards of separation between him and the nearest defender dropped the pass 30 yards down the field. It's just like, wow, figures. But, um, you know, despite all the trouble and the crap that C.D. Lamb's been getting, you know, his target share has been the same pretty much week in, week out. 11 targets week one and then 12 targets apiece week two and three. Like, you know, he's getting the ball regardless. So that's very encouraging. You know, the production hasn't been there, but we're kind. it looks like we're kind of trending that direction with Cooper Rush getting – more and more immersed in the offense. Um, CD Lamb, you know, if you listen to us and we said buy low, you know, when, when Dak comes back, there's no telling what his ceiling could be because oh, yeah. suddenly, suddenly after the panic in week one, you know, Dallas's offensive line looks good, you know, at least much better than it was. Um, the offense looks better. I mean, it took a little while to get going, but um, definitely much better situation for CD. I- I'm feeling good about my Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. And listen, I'm with the backup quarterback. You know, going eight for 87 with touchdown, 12 targets. He could have had another huge game, probably a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so this could have been a huge game for him. So this is good for CD Lamb, man. Two games in a row, you know, 11 targets, seven for 75 in week two with Cooper Rush. His worst game was with Dak Prescott. <laughs> so, you know, this is a um, this is a very encouraging for CD, um, you know, and what he looked like. I don't think when Gallup comes back, this is going to be a situation where we have to worry that much about the target share. Uh, right. But we will get to Michael Gallup because he is one of our waiver wire pickups this week. He's still not uh, more than 50% rostered in leagues. Uh, but yeah, let, let's get into the waiver wire rankings. I don't think there's too much news. Uh, you know, we will cover a lot of these injuries, uh, you know, with these waiver wire rankings because yeah. there's a few running backs, you know, kind of, um, you know, banged up here. So, uh, let's get right into it, man. Uh, we got Jamal Williams at number one. We have Khalil Herbert at number two. I have Romeo Dubs at number three and had Alexander Madison at number four. Now, you know, Jamal Williams and Alexander Madison might not be available in your league, right? But I put them up there because I've actually been getting a lot of questions like, hey, all three of these guys are available in my league. So, you know, it really depends. Some leagues have shallow benches, right, where you can't really afford to put, like, these handcuffs on your bench and you kind of need guys who you can plug in when you need them. Yeah. Uh, so all there's all different types of leagues, and these guys might not be available in your wave wire. Just want to kind of acknowledge that first, right? Um, but the reason why I have Jamal Williams number one here is because he might not be available uh, because, because, uh, uh, Deandre Swift might not be available this week. He's likely out the next two weeks. Uh, and that's really just based on what Dan Campbell said, uh, about the smart thing to do, right. Which would be to rest him over the next two weeks. They have a buy following that. And then Deandre Swift can come back in week. I think it was week eight, right? So four or five. And then no, I'm sorry, week seven, right? Yeah. Um, the buy would be in week six. Uh, so Jamal Williams, you know, is going to be close to an RB one play while he's out. Uh, I will say that Craig Reynolds might be involved more than you think, right? Uh, we saw this last year where Jamal Williams wasn't the guy on eighty percent of snaps, but you know he looks a lot better this year. Uh, he's been very involved the offense is a lot better than they were last year as well so even if he doesn't get that 80 percent snap count he should still be elevated to a high-end rb1 high-end rb2 or low-end rb1 play this week with with upsides to finish top five to be honest right no definitely i agree with you um you know 
a lot of Jamal Williams being the priority pickup, you know, has to do, and you said he looked better this season than he did last season. That has to do with the Lions offense just in general being a lot better. They're very high scoring. Um, you know, it's actually nice to see that because we haven't seen a good Lions offense in a long time. But um, I think with DeAndre Swift, you know, this is more precautionary than anything if they hold him out. You know, my guess is he could probably play not this week, but the next week. But there's really no reason to do that. I think they rolled the dice already. You know, he was dealing with that. Was it the ankle injury last week? Right. And he added a shoulder injury now to it. Right. Is that what it is now? Yes, exactly. So now it's just like, is there a reason to play him when he's going to be nursing two different injuries on the field? You know, he is productive. We've seen even when he is banged up and still on the field, regardless of when he of how much he touches the ball, when he touches the ball, he's productive. But um, I'd expect an extended absence because this is just, you know, they're playing the long-term game. And they can play the long-term game at this point because it's still early in the season. There's no reason to rush him back. Let's just let him get healthy. I think that's what we're going to see. And Jamal Williams, you should be able to benefit from him the next two weeks. um, For sure. He's only available in about like 35 to 40% of leagues, uh, but that's still quite amount of leagues that he's still available. And if you need to play and he's available, you should check. Um, yeah. You never know. And for the way he's produced, that's actually surprising. It is. It is. It is for sure. Especially this past week. You know, the real production has come this past week. Yeah, he did get a couple touchdowns before that, uh, before, you know, week three. Uh, but week three is kind of when he blew up. And, you know, now people are really paying attention. Yeah. Uh, because everyone knew that DeAndre Swift was going to be the guy, right? Um, but Khalil Herbert. You know, I have him at number two here. You know, if David Montgomery, if we knew that David Montgomery Montgomery was going to be out, uh, you know, maybe I'll put him at number one because it, it really depends on where, how long David Montgomery is going to be out for. But yeah. given that the Lions are a much better offense, that's why Jamal Williams is up there and he's already been producing, you know, with DeAndre Swift on the field. Um, but Montgomery, as of right now, is listed as day-to-day, but it's possible that he does miss time. A lot of medical experts are looking at like the mechanism of his injury and calling it a high ankle sprain. Uh, it, it might not be right. It might be a low severity ankle sprain. Uh, but Herbert, like regardless, like he looked really good last week. Right. And he had a better yeah. game than David Montgomery ever had. Um, so, you know, Herbert might have even earned some playing time in Chicago. So he might be worth a pickup regardless. Right. And I think you were kind of touching on this point when we were talking about the game yesterday. Um, but I think what's going to happen here is Montgomery is probably going to miss at least one week. Uh, yeah. That's what it seems like to me. We don't know the severity of the injury just yet. When they were asking Matt Eberflus, I think that's how you say it, yeah. uh, you know, whether he'll be put on IR, he was kind of avoiding the question. He didn't really say no. Uh, so because of that, there is a little bit of skepticism in terms of like how bad this injury actually is. Right. Um, you know, Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert, he was the entire Bears offense. You know, and it seems like that's the way the Bears are going to continue to run things um, until or if Justin Fields shows that he can throw the ball. Um, I personally think that Justin Fields has it isn't has it in him to throw it, and you know, do much more than what the Bears are allowing him to do right now. But until you know the Bears coaching staff sees it that way, you know, it's just going to be the run game for the Bears and Khalil Herbert. Um, even if David Montgomery does play, I feel like Herbert's going to be in line for a bigger workload while Montgomery's coming back and. You know, he might be on a snap count getting back from the injury um, because it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like they're overly concerned, but it sounds like they're just on that. They're walking the fine line of um, is it worth starting him? Is it that much of an upgrade over Khalil Herbert, you know, that we need to start David Montgomery? I don't think they need to start David Montgomery. I think they can also do the long term game just like they're doing with Jamal, um, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift in Detroit. Um, but Khalil Herbert is going to be the guy on the ground, I think. And much more, even so, like you said, I think that Khalil Herbert might be in more in line for more work, just like you said. So, yeah, it's possible, and it's possible that he plays that every down role, right? Uh, he did split with Abner early in the first half, but you know, once he got rolling, like they did not take him off the field in any right. situation, which makes sense, right? Uh, Abner is a really good pass catcher. He was a good pass catcher in college. Uh, something to keep an eye on, but <laughs> Herbert's going to be the guy. Um, now, I have Madison at number four after Romeo Dubs, who I have at three. And the reason for that is, you know, obviously Madison might not be available in your league. I have him here just in case he is. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Dalvin Cook did dislocate his shoulder. Madison, you know, and Dalvin Cook still has a chance of playing this week, right? Yeah. Uh, and Madison does have a chance of playing more this week. Now, there are reports suggesting that Cook will play with a harness. Uh, but if Cook injures his shoulder again, which is more likely now, 
Madison is a high-end RB1 play if Cook is out uh, this week or if he's out the following week. You know, there's, now it's like Madison should just, should just stay on rosters for the rest of the year, uh, as he should have been. But now there's more of a higher injury risk to Dalvin Cook at this point. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I have him at four be, be, behind Romeo Dubs is because there's no guarantee that Madison will even be playable this week because it, because it is possible that Cook does go. Um, yeah. And like we mentioned yesterday, Cook had some serious workloads when after you know once he the got injury, the harness yeah. on. Yeah, no, they had 27 carries in the big game against Pittsburgh. You know, I'm not sure if that's something that's going to be sticky, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. You know, if he's playing with the harness, I don't see why they wouldn't use him. You know, if Dalvin Cook's on the field, you're going to use him. And it's right. never been a util- utilization problem for Cook this season. It's just been, you know, an off night in Philly. You know, they had a big game, but it was Justin Jefferson in week one. Um, and against the Lions, he actually did all right before going out with the injury. So it's never been a utilization thing. As long as Dalvin Cook's on the field, I think you start him. I remember back last year, we were having the discussion of, you know, if Dalvin Cook plays, are we even going to start him? Because we're not sure how he's going to look with his one shoulder hanging lower than the other one in the harness. It's just like, nah, if he's on the field, you start him. But otherwise, Madison is the guy. Yes, yes, 100%. And, and, and you know, I have Romeo Dubs here uh, at number three. And he might have Aaron Rodgers trust, dude. You know, he, he took advantage. Yeah. You know, Sammy Watkins was out. He's on IR, IR now. Christian Watson was out. He caught all of Aaron Rodgers' targets. He, he had eight of them, caught all eight. Um, and that can build trust, right? And we might this might be the first glimpse of any Packers wide receiver stepping up to the plate this year. Yeah. So you combine this game with the offseason hype, and we might have something here. He did run the most routes of any Packers wide receiver this past week. He's a starter. He's He'll likely continue to start next week. So he's somebody that I'm prioritizing. Uh, if he's available on waivers, because if you have if you're if you have Aaron Rodgers trust and there's no other wide receivers there, there's some serious value here potentially. Yeah, hundred percent. And like we said, we've kind of seen this coming the whole time. Um, I'm not sure if you know. I have, have to see how Christian Watson does when he does play. But right now, Romeo Dubs seems like the safer bet. I'm not sure what Christian Watson's upside is going to look like. You know, we talk about the Packers receivers and was it going to be Romeo Dubs or Christian Watson coming in? Um, it seems like. You know, Romeo Dubs is a guy right now. And I feel like it's going to be difficult for Christian Watson to kind of work in, you know, with Romeo Dubs showing up and earning the trust, it seems like, of Aaron Rodgers in this game. I think that Christian Watson might be in line for a lesser workload than maybe he might have had, say, if Romeo Dubs had a, a poor a poor showing this week. So Romeo Dubs is definitely a guy you want to pick up. I think that he can actually return a lot of fancy value and be a wide receiver, too, for you if this type of production holds up which I don't see why it wouldn't because, you know, Aaron Rodgers spent the first two weeks of the year looking for the guy in the passing game, and now he has it. So I'd love to see it continue because Romeo Dubs, you know, we were talking about maybe is any Packers receiver going to be relevant? I think we have one right here in Romeo Dubs. I'm with you. Traylon Burks, I have him here at number five. This might be a high to some people given the fact that he only caught one ball this past week, but he didn't come through. But he's still finally – you know, he's finally a full-time player at this point. He led the Titans in routes run, which is not something that we've we've seen at all throughout preseason, throughout camp. Finally, in week three, it happened. So if he gets dropped in your league after waivers clear, I'd scoop him up. Uh, if he's available right now, I'd scoop him up, and you probably don't have to spend that much to get him, right? That's the best part. Right. You, like, this is what you – for me personally, this is – I kind of like – I love these type of situations because, you know, you're like, oh, wow, that usage was amazing. I hope he doesn't score. Right, because like right. as soon as the as soon as they score, it, it brings this brings all this unwanted attention <laughs> on yeah. that player that you want. But the fact that he only caught one ball, he'll be pretty easily easily um, attainable this week without having to spend a whole ton of a whole bunch of fab on him. Um, there is a potential breakout coming, and Traylon Burks, like when he's got the ball, he looked really good. So yeah. so far, you know, since we've seen him, so I I do want to prioritize him, and you know, you don't have to spend that much money on him. No, absolutely not. You know, if you can't get him through the waivers, we talked about this yesterday, and we'll probably talk about it tomorrow when we do the buy sell. You know, he's a guy you should target um, for very cheap. You'll be able to target for very cheap going in um, to, to this week because Traylon Burks, you know, he didn't have that production like we said, but the usage is there, and that's like it, it's like the foundational rule is if the usage is there, you know, and the production isn't, something's got to give, and most of the time it's the usage that will indicate that better days are ahead. For a receiver, and that's what we're looking at with Traylon Burks. Hundred percent, man. All right, so I have Tyler Conklin uh, at number six here. 
Uh, he had seven plus targets each of the last three weeks, and his rap participation is up near that threshold uh, that we want to see. And, yeah. you know, despite the, the talent that the Jets have at wide receiver, he's still getting his. So, you know, we'll see if targets end up getting redistributed with Zach Wilson coming back this week. But at least the rap participation is there. Uh, he's running a ton of routes, you know, yeah. and, you know, if anything, you know, the targets can stay very similar to what it is right now. I think he's currently the t- tight end three on the year or <laughs> something crazy yeah, like something that. Like, something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's check. something something crazy. Uh, I have it up right here. Let's see. He is Tyler the Conklin, tight end four. I have. Wow. Yeah. He's a tight end four. So that's crazy. Uh, if, did anybody have Tyler Conklin for tight end four going into the season? I did. I did. I did. I yes, did. you did. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tyler Conklin, yo, in total points, he's a tight end three behind Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Through three weeks. I'm insane. Insane. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, yeah. You should pick him up for sure. Uh, <laughs> Zay Jones, I have him at number seven. We talked about him yesterday. Led the Jaguars in targets uh, with 11. Uh, caught 10 of them for 85 yards and a touchdown. That's two games now out of three where he's had nine-plus targets. Christian Kirk is still the guy there, obviously, uh, coming out of the slot. But their perimeter, it seems like their main perimeter weapon right now is A. Jones. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, Christian Kirk, you know, is the guy, regardless, I think, in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence obviously has a connection with him. And that's been their big signing. But Zay Jones has kind of flown under the radar. If you want to get yourself a cheap flex play, um if you don't have him already i wouldn't be you know like moving any guys for him but if he's there on the waiver wire definitely pick him up there's no reason not to the target share is there and like we talked about this is not the same jaguars team this is trevor lawrence looking much closer to the prospect that he was coming in in the nfl than he did last season and now zay jones is kind of reaping the benefits he was one of the guys that i was like man why are they why are they adding zay jones you know they have all this um, budget you know in free agency and they pick up zay jones on like a really cheap deal but uh, it seems like it's working out for him so far. And if he's going to get the targets, there's no reason to not have him on a roster. I mean, this isn't like a four or five target guy. You know, he's getting nine, ten targets. And exactly. the offense looks good, which, you know, this season's been full of surprises. I didn't think we we're going to be saying this about the Jaguars, at least not this <laughs> early in the season. So it's yeah. been a good surprise. Uh, Zay Jones, pick him up. It's a Doug Peterson effect, man. It's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, and it's crazy. Like, they were literally, they're the worst coast possible. Last year and now yeah. this year, like you know, it's 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 completely changed. Um, so we have Russell Gage here at uh at number eight, uh fifty percent roster here. This is more of a short term ad. Mike Evans will be back this week, so we can't necessarily depend on Gage to get the type of target share and production that he got last week. But with Julio Jones banged up, Chris Godwin is still out. It's possible he's still very much in Brady's plan. So, um, you, you know, you got to keep an eye on Cole Beasley. You know, he might yeah. start to work his way into the rotation a little bit more. Uh, but I think Gage is still worth a pickup if he's available. Yeah, I think so. I think that Gage serves much better as a complimentary uh, receiver to, you know, a guy like Mike Evans. And that's what Russell Gage was doing at Atlanta when Julio Jones was around. And Gage was actually pretty good. He did show a little bit of promise. You know, we talked about it over the offseason that Russell Gage could be, a, you know, a legit receiver in any offense. He wouldn't have to be working alongside anybody. But I think in this situation, you know, there's not many other options outside of Russell Gage. And the Bucks' offense has kind of been weird so far this season, just not as good as they usually are. Tom Brady's been in a bit of a funk, believe it or not. Maybe age is catching up to him. We don't know. But um, Russell Gage, I think, with Mike Evans back, is in a much better position to score some points and actually produce in a much more efficient way than he has. You know, he got a lot of targets, but he didn't put up the numbers that you'd expect to see with those targets that he got. Faraz, I do think you are on mute. Oh, I am. Sorry. Yeah, uh, acoustic, uh, acoustic guitar covers is asking, what about Duvernay? What about Mac Hollins? Uh, Duvernay is not available in most leagues. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's available in only like 35% of leagues or something like that. Um, right. You know, he's one of those guys who, you know, isn't really getting volume. Uh, but, you know, he, you know, Lamar Jackson's on fire right now. And yeah. he's going to be taking advantage of that. Uh, he had that, you know, that kick return for the touchdown uh, in week two. But, you know, you look at his targets, two targets last week, two targets the week before, four targets the week before that. Yeah. Nothing and, you really hang your hat on. It's not a play that I like to play. Like, he's like a desperation, like, hope he gets a touchdown type of guy. But other than that, I'm not really uh, shooting for that because they have Mark Angels, they have Rashad Bape, and they're a low-volume passing offense. 
Yeah. You know. Well, that's the thing about the Ravens, you know, Devin Duvernay. Um, on paper, you know, he's, you see his three weeks, 21 points, 12 points, 10 points. But you have to consider that he did get points, depending on your scoring format, for returning that kick at the beginning of the game for a touchdown. That's six points right there. Um, then you look at the usage, like you said, four targets in week one, two targets, two targets. That's not sustainable production. Um, Lamar Jackson is on a hot streak. So as long as Lamar Jackson's on a hot streak and just, you know, balling, you know, Devin Duvernay should be able to, you know, have the upside each week, but you don't want to bet on that all the time. Like two targets. Um, it's, it's been interesting to see, you know, you don't want to say that, you know, it can't continue, especially with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, the production, you know, him scoring touchdowns is despite the low volume, but something's got to give. And I don't think it's going to be holding up for the length of the season, especially like you said, with Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman in that offense. Um, and even Isaiah likely, you know, he could come on later in the season. Uh, Devin Duvernay, he's been good for you so far. Maybe sell high if someone wants to buy him, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect this to continue. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Hollins, he's 29 years old. He's never had a game like this in his life, and you know this is not something I would buy into. They were bracketing Devonte Adams all game long, you know, and Hollins was just running free the entire time. Remember, this is the same Titans team that got destroyed by Stephon Diggs on Monday Night Football in Week Two. They were not going to let. Devonta Adams do the same thing to them. Yeah. Instead, it was Mac Collins who ended up doing it because they didn't think that that would be possible. Um, so I, I would not chase that. You know, they have Devonte, they had Hunter Renfro, they have, uh, you know, Renfro wasn't even in this game, right? And that allowed Collins to do his thing too. Uh, a lot of targets opened up for him. So Darren Waller is there as well. So like, this, this is not a situation where I want to buy into uh, Mac Collins. That's a good question right. though, because a lot of people have been asking about that. Um, I want to hit these two uh, Cardinals receivers here, uh, Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch. Uh, you know, we've seen what Dorch has been doing. I think if you need a start this week, I think Dorch is probably the pickup, you know, given Moore has yet to practice. So if you don't need a wide receiver start yet and you're looking more long-term in a full PPR league, I would pick up Rondell Moore. Uh, I think he simply replaces Dorch when he's fully healthy in that same role out of the slot. Um, Dorch, you know, he sh I think he should continue to be a target hog as long as Ronda Moore's out. Uh, he's the overall PPR wide receiver 19 on the year. Uh, so he can easily Greg be Dorch. placed into lineups in PPR. Like Greg Dorch is somebody that he was on the Jets practice squad before. He was on a few practice squads, you know, around the league. And, you know, he's always been somebody that, you know, a lot of teams are familiar with. Uh, a lot of a lot of fans are familiar with, too, uh, because he always lights it up in the preseason. Um but I do think Ronald Moore, you know, is a talented player and, and they have big plans for him. It's just unfortunate that he had to have that soft tissue injury to start the year. Uh, but I do think he ends up replacing him. So I prefer Moore to be on my roster. But if I need to start this week, it's Dorch. Yeah. And that's that's why it's going to be. I think you have it labeled here correctly. You know, Greg Dorch being a short term, Rondale being more long term. But, you th you know, when Rondale Moore comes back, Greg Dorch is going to be shoved down the depth chart already. And then we have DeAndre Hopkins coming back, believe it or not. Pretty soon, you know, you think about it, he'll be back. And that's going to shove Greg Dorch even further down the, the depth chart. So really, you're either going to get the value out of him now. I don't, you're not going to be able to sell him because people understand that Greg Dorch is going to move down the depth chart like that. But, um, you know, use Greg Dorch while you can now. Um, don't expect this production to continue. Once DeAndre Hopkins is back and Rondo Moore is working the offense, um, Zach Ertz will be there. There's going to be plenty of targets ahead of them. Greg Dorch is kind of be reduced to a, a minimal role unless anything would happen to any of the receivers like Rondo Moore again or DeAndre Hopkins. But um, they're both definitely startable um, when they play up until DeAndre Hopkins uh, comes back. Then it's going to be more the Rondo Moore, DeAndre Hopkins show. Greg Dorch is going to kind of fall by the wayside. Not necessarily because he's not talented, just because there's more mouths to feed than and he's kind of, you know, last in the line. Yeah, so now before we get to 11 through 20, I want to get to how much fab we're spending on these top guys, like Jamal Williams if he's available, Herbert, Dubs, Madison. If Jamal Williams is available and we know, we, you know, at this point we kind of know that Swift is going to be out, how much are you spending on Jamal Williams? So it depends on my urgency at running back. Um, Let's I'd say you 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 – Pretty, you, you could really use an RB2. Let's say you had DeAndre Swift. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, there you go. And, and you need to replace if you him. you had DeAndre yeah. Swift, I'm going all in for Jamal Williams. And if not Jamal Williams, I go for Khalil Herbert if he's there. Um, what does all in mean? Like, what not 100. Of your but I'm, I, I'm, I, I'd go maybe 40. 
because we, yeah. we know we know that DeAndre Swift, he's not the most durable back. Um, there's no, right. there's obviously the chance that he could come back from injury, play two games, and get hurt again. And Jamal Williams, even when he's not, even when DeAndre Swift is on the field, Jamal Williams is still getting points and producing. It's not like he's in, not yep. startable. You can throw him in at a flex, yep. and you know he has a touchdown upside to get you uh, through the week. Uh, I, I go pretty heavy on Jamal Williams. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that sense, especially if you're at need at running back. I think he's the best bet out of all these guys for the next week or two. Right. Uh, Khalil Herbert, I'm probably going like maybe 30 to 35% on yeah. Khalil Herbert, you know, uh, knowing what we know right now. Let's say we know Montgomery is out for the next couple weeks, two to three weeks, let's say, right? With a high, Well, listen, if it's a high ankle sprain, it will be longer than that, right? If it's a high yeah. ankle sprain, likely three to five weeks. Right. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case, maybe we'll hear about that. Maybe we won't. If we don't hear anything about it, I won't be able to spend that much. But if I do know that uh, he's going to be out for three to five weeks with a high ankle sprain, I'm probably spending 50 percent or more on Khalil Herbert. If I don't know that, I'm probably spending 30 to 35. Yeah, I think 30 to 35 is a good spot to start. Uh, I'm, yeah. If you're real, and maybe you're a Bears fan or maybe you're anticipating and you're you're a fantasy doctor and you know that. You know, David Montgomery is going to be out and, you know, something that the rest of us don't. You could throw extra money at him. There's nothing wrong with going a little bit heavier um, because Khalil Herbert has that upside. The only thing the Bears do on offense is run the ball this season so far. So it's not like you're investing in a guy that might not get the workload. No, he'll have the workload that you're looking for. And he has talent, too. So no reason to not, um, especially if you have the budget to do that, to to spend a little bit more. I think Romeo Dubs is, is a tough one, right? Because you have the one-game sample size of him doing his thing, yeah, right? And uh, he's, he is a wide receiver. He's not a running back. Um, there are more wide receivers plentiful, plenty, uh, you know, on the waiver wire most weeks. Yeah. You can pick up a bunch of guys. So, you know, how heavy are you going on Romeo Dubs? Like, if you need a wide um, you know, if you're going for depth here, right, and you, have, you already have a bunch of starting wide receivers, I might not go more than, like, 15%. Yeah. You know, something like that. Uh, but if I do need a wide receiver, I might end up going like 25, you know, just to kind of take that shot. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I, I'd see if I could get away with, you know, 15 or 20. But yeah. then, you know, that's rolling the dice because someone else might just overbid you. Someone else might yeah. want him a little bit more. But um, like I, if you're not in desperate need of a receiver and you want to just add him as like a, you know, perspective add, maybe right, right. if he play, if he pans out, you'll be in really good shape. Um, 15, I think I would throw just to see yeah. what you can get. Because if nobody else gets them, you get them for pretty cheap, if you think about it that way. But if you're in need of a wide receiver, I'd say 25. I'd cap it there, though, because I think there are a bunch of other receivers that have the chance to come on. Right, right, exactly. Um, uh, Alexander Madison, we're probably going, I would say, you know, if he's available, you know, we kind of know that Dalvin Cook, or we have a feeling that Dalvin Cook is going to play next week, but there's always that chance of re-aggravation to that shoulder yeah, or <laughs> re-dislocation of the shoulder. That's probably a better way to put it. Um I would probably go like maybe like 30% on Madison right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll go too much higher. Like if I knew that Madison was going to be playable, you know, this week, I might go 50% plus just because mm-hmm. like we don't know what that sh- shoulder situation is like. We kind of have a, a banked like RB1 play, you know, because yeah. we see what Madison does, you know, when he's on the field. Um, how are you handling this situation? Because this one's a little tricky if he's available yeah. in your in your waiver wire. So if he's available in your waiver wire, I mean, chances are you have a bunch of people, you know, trying to get a ha- get a hold of him because of Dalvin Cook. But the thing I'm kind of considering is that we've seen Dalvin Cook, like we said, play through the injury before, and it's the same injury that he had before. Um, and the reports haven't been like negative. It's not like, oh, you know, this might be a little bit worse than it was last season. He's not going to be able to put a sling on and play. We did yeah. hear that he could just throw it in a harness and be good to go. You know, right the next week. So for me, that kind of makes me feel like, you know, I don't need Alexander Madison. Um, if maybe if Jamal Williams or Khalil, Khalil Herbert are also there on the wire, um, I, I'd throw, I think I'd cap out at 25, but that would be really pushing. I think 20 is what I'd throw. And that's just me. I, feel you. I'm not, I, I, I understand your, your logic here, though, because if we know that Madison, Dalvin Cook is playing, what are you really paying for? Right. right? You are paying for that. You're, you are paying for somebody you can throw in your bench this week. 
Like you're hoping that like 20% will get you something that you can just throw in your lineup if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? That's what you're hoping for. Um, so I totally understand that. I mean, it's a good way to look at it. Because I look at it, you know, we talked about Jamal Williams. I said I'd throw 30 or 35 at Jamal Williams. We know he's going to have a role regardless of whether DeAndre Swift plays or not. Alexander exactly. Madison, not so much the case. So I don't know if I want to go and bet someone who's just a pinch player because somebody is injured. You know, you don't want to spend, I mean, in many cases, if your budget's 100, you don't want to spend a fifth of your budget on a player that's going to spend 13, 14, 15 games out of the year on your bench. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that, that's that's the way I look at it. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's move on to 11 through 20 here. I have David Njoku uh, at 11. You know, he had the elite route participation the entire year. Uh, so this blow-up game was, like, going to come at some point. Uh, this yeah. is a really good blow-up game for him. <laughs> but uh, yeah. inconsistency might still be an issue, you know, given he didn't have a noteworthy game until week three. But it's possible they just needed some time to gel. Um I have Samaj Piran here at number 12. Uh, and the reason why I have him here is because this is more of a short-term ad, like basically just for Thursday night, because they are playing the Bengals are playing on Thursday night. Joe Mixon has an ankle injury. Apparently, it's not serious. Uh, you know, apparently he is going to play in this game. Uh Zach Taylor did say he's gonna play. He should be good to go. However, it is possible that he tweaks it again on Thursday night, right? Mm-hmm. I, I and if that happens, then you might have Samaj P. Ryan, you might be fighting for Samaj P. Ryan on the waiver wire. Uh, I don't want to fight on the waiver wire for Samaj P. Ryan, uh, you know, if that were to happen. So if I can get him now, right, throw maybe a dollar at him or something like that, throw him at the back of my bench just in case, see what happens. If you play on Yahoo, if you play on Sleeper, if you play on, uh, you know, these other platforms, but in the league that you play in, allow you to drop bench players after they play on Thursday night, then you can just drop him uh, if Mixon leaves the game unscathed. Right, and then you yeah. just pick up another handcuff or pick up somebody else uh, for Sunday to see if you know their value increases on Sunday, uh, and kind of keep doing that until Monday night. Yeah, no, I'm with you there, and that's the thing. You don't want to break the bank on a guy like Samaj no. P. Ryan. There's a bunch of other, you know, like we said, running backs that could be on your wire this week that we'd actually be targeting much more. Um, and Samaj P. Ryan, you know, it seems like a really good situation. You know, oh, this is the pass catching back from Cincinnati. If he gets a rushing workload, you know, he'll be pretty good he's not really even close to Joe Mixon in terms of talent. He's just happens to be the receiving guy. Um, so I'm, I'm not breaking the back on Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, I, I actually did this last season. It was Joe Mixon was out and I said, Oh, you know, I'll pick up Samaj P. Ryan as my streamer this week or as a waiver wire pickup and I'll start him. He put, he put up zero points. So, uh, is, is just, that, is that, I think that is, if I'm not mistaken, that's the week that Joe Mixon actually played. Right, I think they said that Joe Mixon wasn't going to have a role, but Joe Mixon was active, and then he ended up getting the work. I think it was some sort of situation like that. Uh, Yeah, it it, it was rough regardless. But the Bengals are not, I don't think, inclined to give Samaj P. Ryan any type of like three down roll, early down roll, you know, any type of work that's going to be enough to make him really fantasy relevant. Um, He did have a touchdown last week, but it's that that, they come and go, you know. So I'm I'm not. Breaking the bank on Samaj P. Ryan. No, no, no. We are definitely not breaking the bank on him. Uh, Jacoby Myers at number 13. Um, he's a clear number one wide receiver for the Patriots. I know that Devonta Parker did his thing uh, in, in you know, with him gone, but they were going up against the Ravens, okay? Uh, and yeah. the Ravens have been terrible in their secondary. Uh, but whether he's banged up or not, he should be on rosters. And we're talking about Jacoby Myers here. Um, he did get a limited practice in on Friday before being ruled out on Sunday. Uh, it's possible that he's back this week. They are going from Mac Jones to Brian Hoyer. It doesn't really affect, you know, whether I have Myers on my bench or not for now. Yeah. Um, and if you need him, you can play him in PPR leagues. He's a high target share type of guy. He shouldn't be on waivers. No, he, he, sh- he shouldn't be on waivers. I like Jacoby Myers a lot more with Mac Jones, a quarterback, but you, you, you have to wonder if there's much difference between Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer in terms of their play style. And the way the especially with the way run. that especially with the way that Matt Jones has been playing so far this year, not yeah. great. No, I, not I hear great. you. Yeah, one hundred percent. But um, Jacoby Myers, you know, before he didn't play last week, he was actually uh, a, a bit of a target hog. You know, he got plenty of targets. He had the volume that we were looking for, and he's been not touchdown dependent his whole career, as we know. So uh, I, I like Jacoby Myers actually going into the season. Um, he was going undrafted in some cases or very late. Um, uh, there's no reason for him to be on the waiver wire because he is, like we said, the de facto kind of wide receiver one for New England. Um, as long as Devontae Parker doesn't have another explosive game, 
Uh, I think it's going to be difficult for Devontae Parker to replicate the performance that he had on Sunday. It was a high-scoring game. Uh, they're playing a much a much better defense in the Packers next week. So we'll see how it goes. I think Jacoby Myers is really the only safe um, – well, not really safe, but he's the safest bet for the Patriots wide receivers. Real recognize real in the YouTube chat here saying I traded away Derrick Henry for Amara St. Brown and David Montgomery on Sunday. Still a good trade or no? All I have to say is. Yeah. Nice job. All right. Nice job. I would have traded away Derrick Henry just for Amara St. Brown, but you happen to get David Montgomery on top yeah. of that. Well, that's no, what's, for sure. That's what's Amara really... St. Brown is like, is a wide receiver one who's going to get it done for you every single week. The only reason why he didn't get it done like in a huge way this past week is because he got banged up in that game and he missed some, missed some time. Yeah. Um, Derrick Henry, despite him doing his thing last week, he still doesn't look the same. It doesn't look the same. doesn't look like the same guy to me. Um, but I would have done this deal. The fact that you got David Montgomery at RB2 on top of that yeah. is an immediate legit. an immediate replacement for Derrick Henry. Yeah. Even if he's it not playing, that, yeah. even if he's not playing this week. It sucks that Montgomery got hurt. Hopefully yeah. he's not hurt for too long. Um, but yeah. No. Nice I, job. I I like that trade, definitely. Uh, the one for uh, one, I might have been a little hesitant on, but that's not the oh, case. I, I so done that. We don't even have to worry about it. We don't even I've been, I've actually been trying to like I've been trying to acquire Amara St. Brown like a crazy person. Anyway, <laughs> um, Michael Gallup, I have him at number 14. Um, you know, if you don't need to start this week, uh, you know, and he'll probably be back this week. My guess is that he'll be back. He'll be you back. Know, he's, been pra- yeah. he's been practicing in full, uh, you know, the entire week last week, and then they said that he wasn't going to play. Um, but I think he's probably one of the best long-term stashes, even if he doesn't get a full workload in his first week back. Uh, he'll easily be the Cowboys' number two wide receiver behind CeeDee Lamb. And, you know, I wouldn't wait until Dak is back before I pick him up and stash him. Um, yeah. It's possible that you can play him. You know, uh, I wouldn't play him this week in week four, but it's possible that, you know, we see what his role looks like, you know, you know, coming off the injury. And, um, you know, maybe he'll be back and ready to be placed in your lineup in week five. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, the thing with Gallup, you know, he actually missed time last season and he came back and he had a, a mediocre day. You know, he had five targets. I think it was three catches. It wasn't a very big game for him. But then after that, his targets went 10, 8, 9, 9. So I'd, I'd say I'd say hold your horses on starting Gallup, you know, this week, even though he has Get been it? a yeah, Get it? Cowboys, hold your horses. Get it? Yes. But um, yeah, hold your horses on him for now. Uh, I think the week after, it's a very good matchup for the Cowboys because that's when Dak could be coming back. And it's a good matchup against the Rams, likely to be high scoring if this Cowboys offense can get back to its ways. But um, Gallup, you know, he's been a favorite target of Dak um, through his career. He just hasn't been on the field that much um, because of injury. He's He's been right. prone to get banged up. So, But when he is on the field, you know, he's worth having. He has the upside. He's a big play threat. And um, – He's definitely worth having on your bench. I, I like you said, don't wait to pick him up because then once Dak comes back and everything's looking good for Dallas, you know people are going to be chomping at the bit to get their hands on Michael Gallup. We, we got a we got a comment here uh, in the chat. Good question, uh, and that is coming from Seth Curry. Uh, yeah. Drop Gerald Everett for Tyler Conklin. I don't really know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I would say I would say they're both trending in a direction where I think that they're both going to kind of fall off. I mean, Gerald Everett didn't have a very good week this week, but, um, you know, that was just an off day for the Chargers overall with Justin Herbert banged up. A lot of guys missing time in Los Angeles for the Chargers. So I think it might have been a bit of an outlier. But I think that overall, like you said, Donald Parham is kind of waiting in the wings. If he comes back, I feel like he's going to jump ahead, take some time from Gerald Everett. And the workload might not necessarily be there like it was the first two weeks. And the same thing I think is going to happen to uh, Tyler Conklin because Zach Wilson is going to come back. I think we're going to see those targets moved all over the place. I don't think they're going to be throwing 60 times a game anymore. And Tyler Conklin might be one of the guys that just kind of falls off the map because there are a bunch of good receivers and other players, playmakers on that offense uh, for the Jets. So I would say I'm not prioritizing Tyler Conklin. I'm not going to be like, you know, dropping – Gerald Everett, who has Justin Herbert throwing to him, uh, I'd, I'd I'd stick with I'd stick with Everett personally. Yeah, this one's tough because you know Tyler Conklin is getting the targets. He is getting the um, 
rap participation. Like Tyler Conklin, uh, you know, Gerald Everett's only at 72 in week three. It's barely moving up. He's not getting a crazy target share either. Um, when you look at a Conklin, 79% rap participation this week. So, you know, not not too much higher. So, you know, you could say that, you know, he, uh, Everett's on a better offense. I, I might hold Conklin. I might hold Everett. Yeah. I don't think like it's one thing if you're just adding Conklin alongside of Everett. Um, you'd have to have a pretty deep bench to do that. But um, you know, I'm I mean, not that's what I would lean like like when I have two of these guys, like I would do that. Like I would hold when I'm in like tight end purgatory, I would yeah. hold two tight ends to see which one over a longer sample size is better. If you can afford yeah. to have both. I would try to have both and see what happens this week with Zach Wilson coming back, see what happens in LA with Keenan Allen coming back, right? So there's a couple of factors here that can completely shift, you know, how we're feeling about these guys after week four. You know, yeah. so it's, it's a tough call, uh, but it's a good question. Yeah, I'm not I'm not shooing Gerald Everett off my bench to let. Yeah. Uh, Tyler yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. It's just, you know, he, he looks good. Like, he looks good. You know, he yeah. looks like a wide receiver out there. It's like a thick wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, sorry, guys. This is a family show. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, you know, the reason why I like him this week is because of the Ravens, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. He's he's going to be a hit or miss. He only ran around on 56% of Josh Allen's dropbacks last week, but there were like 75 dropbacks in that game. I think they had the ball for 40 minutes uh, of the 60 minutes. So uh, now I can see the Ravens game being a similar type of shootout, um, and they have been extremely vulnerable to the wide receiver position. They get up the most fantasy points to wide receivers out of the slot coming into week three, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and Jacoby Myers likely would have killed it last week if he did play, uh, but Devontae Parker ended up killing it instead. Yeah. Uh, but McKenzie, I think this week, I think he's a solid wide receiver streamer. Uh, he went seven for 76 with a touchdown on nine targets last week. And I think, you know, if you're going to play him, I think this is one of those weeks where you can I think so, absolutely, because, you know, if Mac Jones can throw 156 yards to Devontae Parker on you, then what's Josh Josh Allen going to do? <laughs> you know, this is going to be like – we saw Josh Allen angry at the end of the Dolphins game last week. I feel like he's going to be like re- like releasing his rage, and it's just going to be <laughs> – this could be a humongous, humongous fantasy game because you have Lamar Jackson on the other side too and a banged-up Bills defense. Like, this could just be fireworks all the way through. Oh, yeah. Um, Gabe Davis. Stefan Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie. Just starting just, everybody. Just, put, just start everybody. Yeah, you're starting everybody. It. Even Devin Duvernay. <laughs> as, uh, Josh Palmer, I have him at 16 here. Like, it's likely that Keenan Allen's back this week, but we, as we've seen, you know, Palmer is a legit handcuff to these Chargers wide receivers. 21% target share in week week three, 23% target share in week two with Allen out. Uh, but also, even with Allen coming back, he's still a starter. Uh, on this offense opposite Mike Williams when Keenan Allen is healthy. Keenan Allen is the primary slot. Um, so he's still a solid, like, upside desperation play. You know, it's kind of keep on your bench, and when you need somebody, you can plug him in. Um, I think he's still going to have his games, even with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in. It's just going to be a lot less predictable. Uh, but I think he's still somebody that, you know, belongs on benches and shouldn't be on waiver wires. No, right. I'm, I'm with you there. You know, I know you have Josh Palmer in a couple leagues. Um uh, I, yeah. I, I've I've thought about adding him, but um, I as long as Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams there, I'm not going to be starting him over a couple of the guys that I, I would have on my bench. Um, obviously that might not be the case for everybody. There's nothing wrong with starting Josh Palmer in a pinch. I wouldn't start him at wide receiver too. He's a flex yeah, as long as Mike Williams and um Keenan Allen are around. But um, like we said, if Keenan Allen's out, he had two solid weeks. So there's no reason to think that if anything happens to any receivers that he won't see an increased workload. There's no reason to think that. Um. He, he obviously is trusted by the Chargers and by Justin Herbert. Um, he looks for him. He had good target share. That, that, that's what you want to see. Uh, he's yeah. a good asset. Good bench player. Um, he's a good bench player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's a good he's bench good player. player. If you need him, if you need to start him, it's not necessarily the end of the world. Yeah, it's not it, like- and I think most of his value actually comes from being that handcuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's where most – he has like that, you know, kind of like that dual role type of thing on your bench. Where yeah, he's just sure, waiting in the wings. He's kind of like a Tyler Boyd. Like he's a he's a cheaper version of Tyler Boyd, or like a uh which isn't great because but Tyler Boyd, you know, you can throw him in, he can do his thing, but it's not as predictable, right? Yeah, but he's a player that can appreciate very quickly if yeah. things go the right way. 
There you go. There you go. I love how we said we said the same thing four different ways, just yes. so people understand what the hell we're talking about. We're just we're just uh, you know hammering it home. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had Noah Brown here at number seventeen. You know he's shown a good rapport with Cooper Rush. You know obviously keep an eye on Michael Gallup and all that. If if Gallup is out again, which I doubt he is, I think Brown's a solid flex play. Uh, if Gallup if Gallup is back though, like you said, you know he might not have a huge role the first week back. Um, I think he'll be, still be like a desperation play in deeper leagues, given the fact that he does have some rapport uh, with Cooper Rush. Yeah. Um, are you are you like does does Noah Brown take a big hit for you with Gallup back this week? Um, maybe not so much this week, but he takes a big hit in the long run. Yes, um, this is more of know, a short-term play. Yeah, and, you know, and also, I wanted to mention that Washington is a good matchup for wide receivers, and that's part of the reason why I have them here. Right. So it's it's a good matchup for wide receivers, and you also look at it as, you know, it's still going to be presumably Cooper Rush starting this week. They said that Dak might be back for the Rams game, but he has all of that waiting in the wings for him. He has that on the horizon where, you know, if Dak comes back and Michael Gallup's back and healthy by week five, you know, this could be a big thing where Noah Brown – know where he was once benefiting these past few weeks benefiting from playing with cooper rush a guy that he has good rapport with on an offense that is lacking weapons outside cd lamb you know that's where his production is coming from where in two weeks it could be a completely different scene and story um yeah quarterback could be different um you know the receiving core could be more dynamic especially if dalton schultz comes back you know he could be back soon um it's gonna get crowded quick uh dallas has a lot of guys coming from the infirmary uh, they'll be back soon. So, you know, you might be able to squeeze one more week out of Noah Brown before he kind of falls back to where we expected him to be, you know, not really fantasy relevant, but I think it's still worth having him on the bench just in case uh, anything would happen. We know Michael Gallup is relatively prone to injury and Dalton Schultz, he's not injured. He's not prone to injury, but say something happens, you know, he, he could be worth having. Yeah. We don't know how, risk. you know, he does have that PCL injury, right? We don't know how, effective he's going to be we don't know if he's going to be back to his normal route participation right there's a couple questions there when it comes to dalton schultz right yeah um so we'll see how how that goes um so just to round this out i have raheem mostert at number 18 robert tanya at number 19 and jalen warren at number 20 um you know just for raheem mostert like miami didn't run a lot of plays they only had the ball for 20 minutes last week um that that's a you know production being somewhat stifled for the entire offense. Chase Edmond, he did gain a bit of a lead in this backfield. Again, like this is going to flip-flop back and forth, it feels like, uh, but yeah. it was pretty close. Uh, Edmonds is rostered in most leagues. I don't think people are really dropping him. So most of it should be on rosters as well, uh, given that his that he didn't have any production you know, this past week. But I think in a normal type of game script, he should be fine. Um, somebody just to have, just in case one of these guys does, in fact, take a lead because this offense looks like it has take, taken a step forward. It looks like it's going to be a good offense. So you kind of want to have these guys on your bench just in case something happens. Yeah, and this is what we expected for the Dolphins' backfield the whole time. Uh, the thing about the Dolphins' offense is it looks like they can win multiple ways. Um, with Raheem Mostert, you know, it could be Raheem Mostert one day, Chase Edmonds another day, and that's the way yeah. it's going to be the whole season. But if you have them on your unless, bench... Unless one of them gets hurt. Yeah, unless one of them gets hurt. But as long as they're both healthy, you know either of them are liable to take the majority of their workload and put up a solid performance for you uh, week in and week out. You know, you just have to hit them on the right week. Uh, but but there's nothing wrong with starting either of them if you don't have anybody better to play at running back. You know, especially if, if you're RB2, if, you, if they're your RB2, you're fine starting them there. Because we saw Chase Edmonds actually broke out. He had a decent week uh, compared to what we had seen so far. Um, and Raheem Moser could be in line for something similar because – like you said, they didn't run very many plays, hardly at all, the Dolphins. So right. he had eight carries anyway. But right. yeah, he just, you know, he could have seen 15 touches in this game if they had the ball for another 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I have Robert Tanya at, at 19. He only ran around on 56% of dropbacks, but he was still second on the team of target share behind Romeo Dubs. So imagine if that route participant participation goes up right tanya would potentially see 10 plus targets a game uh yeah. so he's a prospective ad in case that happens uh but he's also you know a, a relatively decent streamer uh if you need one uh because there's no one else that it seems like aaron Rodgers trusts right now besides Romeo dubs maybe a little bit of christian uh, you know maybe a little bit of um alan lazard uh but robert tunyon given the tight end landscape right now anybody could anybody could kind of pop off uh right. you know, at this point yeah Jalen that- warren yeah go ahead I was just going to say, the, uh, commenting on the tight end landscape, there's like nobody outside the top two 
you know, Mark Andrews and uh, Travis. If Tyler, Kelsey, if Tyler Conklin is the tight end three on the year, you know yeah. what's up. Yeah, over Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Can you believe it? Over Kyle. Oh my God, that's <laughs> imagine, imagine saying yeah. something like that. You know, we, we yeah we talk, yeah in in the first three weeks, Tyler Conklin will be actually scoring more points than Kyle Pitts. Oh <laughs> like, my God. I mean, would you be would you be surprised though hearing that last season? Say that happened at the end of last season, would you be surprised? You'd be like, well, same usage for Kyle Pitts. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I wish I was getting at this point. I wish I would be getting last year's Kyle, Kyle Pitts, dude. You know. Yeah. Honestly, like, uh, I, I I wish that was the case. Um. So the reason why I have Jalen Warren at number twenty here at the last pick is he's one of the few three down handcuffs who is likely available in your league. There's not too many, and he's probably like the least rostered guy. So if he's available. He's a good, solid bench dash. Don't forget about, you know, Najee Harris and that foot injury that he had or whatever he had. You know, things can pop off. He's having, He has a big workload. Um, and guys who have big workloads can be more prone to injury. Uh, so, you know, somebody solid to keep at the end of your bench. Might not be a good offense, but three down uh, workloads are worth a lot. Yeah, just pure handcuff with Jalen Warren. That's, that's about that's, it. That's all that's you can it. really say for him. Um, exactly. Yeah, that that. That sums it up. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's all we got today, guys. Um, uh, oh, I did want to quickly, quickly go go over some streamers real quick with you guys. I know, I know you want that quarterback streamers. Jared Goff against Seattle. These guys are rostered in in less than fifty percent of leagues or so. Jared Goff at home against Seattle. Jameis Winston at home against Minnesota. Well, actually, no, they're in London. It's a home game, but they're in London. Uh, Jimmy G against the Rams. The Rams have like given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. This could be a, a good, despite Jalen Ramsey being there, this could be a good matchup for guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Uh, Geno Smith at Detroit. Uh, they're actually running faster now in Seattle, which is surprising. Somebody yeah. got through to Pete Carroll there. Uh, Marcus Mariota Mar- against Cleveland. That rushing upside is going to keep him in line to be, you know, a low end fantasy starter. And Baker Mayfield versus Arizona if you're extremely desperate. Uh, because of the, just because of the matchup, we already yeah. talked about a few tight ends already. Evan Ingram, uh, you know, is like a guy we didn't talk about. But if those other guys aren't available on your waiver wire, he almost had a touchdown. He did have a two point conversion, uh, and he had eighty percent route participation on what seems like an improved Jaguars offense. Now we got defensive streamers. These are guys, these are teams that are uh, rostered in less than like fifty five or less percent of leagues. Philly versus Jacksonville at home. Uh, they had nine sacks last week, you know, three interceptions yeah. the week before, a touchdown the week before that. Keep Philly, just start them every week. Pittsburgh against the Jets at home, Chicago in New York and my, my against the Giants and Miami uh, in Cincinnati. Um, I think that is a little bit of a sneaky one there. Yeah. All right. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode. We'll be back tomorrow at noon Eastern time uh, talking about buys and sells. Guys, we're looking to trade and buy. So we'll see you guys then. Take it easy. Thank you so much for joining. See you soon. Bye.